Good afternoon, right? Uh, isn't it good? It's a good one. Good afternoon to you. Nice afternoon. Sweet, uh, sexy afternoon. It's a sexy afternoon um, as far as I'm concerned. From my perspective, it's a, a nice, well-toned, sexy afternoon. Um, but it's a full-bodied afternoon. But afternoon. It's a butt afternoon. Um, I think, anyway, and as best I can tell, as best I can surmise, yeah, it's a, uh, decent afternoon today. There's a, there's a lot of decency left over from the previous week that carried over into, uh, the weekend. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of fodder for people to talk about in the world. There's lots of material, you know. Whatever any person says out of their dumb mouth is like, oh, that was filtered through that person specifically. Um, so it's that version of stupid or that version of smart or, uh, or whatever you call it. Um, and these are just some thinking points that I wanted to bring up to you to uh, speak upon. Um, it's great to be here in front of the microphone. And I do not, I do not say that ironically because it's it's fun to talk at the mic it is and and uh here we go you know it's fun to talk at the mic because you just start recording yourself and then whatever comes out of your mouth but uh there's something i wanted to talk to you about for all of you who are listening and um i just wanted to mention that a fart is the most unartistic thing possible. Basically, there's nothing less artistic than a fart. Um, and my logic for that is that consider a fart. First of all, consider its attributes, its characteristics. If you want to picture a man, what, what comes to your mind when you imagine a fart? Um, and farts are really unartistic. But my evidence for this is that you ever uh you ever listen to any modern day rap like rap of the last 10 years soundcloud rap uh or trap music the lil skies and lil pumps music that's out there um a lot of those artists name them try to name themselves something a little bit ridiculous uh because it's gotten to that point in music where the best that you can do to say that you are hardcore on the cutting edge of what's music now is you name yourself something that doesn't make any sense, but like the more nonsensical or uh, just like without reason name that you have is kind of the better that you're doing. Like XXX Tentacion, that's not the name, like, that's about the last thing that you would name yourself if you were going into music. Oh, like, that's my act. I'm XXX Tentacion. Uh, that's my, that's, that's what I do musically. That's, uh, generally speaking, you know that you wouldn't want to go in that direction for you, for you naming yourself. You're like, I'm XXX Tentacion because, because that doesn't mean anything. It's just gibberish. But there's a lot of rappers out there, modern day, that are just naming themselves something that's gibberish. Um, but not in any one of XXX Tentacion songs is he ever talking about farting. 
Um, and also that goes for any song you've ever heard. Like you ever hear a Taylor Swift song where she's talking about farts? Uh, the answer to that is no, because it's it's somehow escaped music entirely. Like if you take yourself seriously as an artist, you you don't talk about farting. Like and as hardcore as you can be, if you're the little skies or XXX tentacions of the world, that's pretty hardcore. You're naming yourself something stupid. Um, and your songs are kind of repetitive and silly sounding, but you, you do that in order to push the needle of art. Um, even those people aren't hardcore enough to cover the topic of farting. And like, so there's no XXX Tentacion song where he's like, well, I mean, let's, let's see here. Let's step back for a minute. There might be a artist who's like, I'm fart or something. Lil, I'm just saying, why is there no Lil Fart? Why is there no Lil Fart? There might be a Lil Fart, but he doesn't, like, I'm sure that that person doesn't take themselves seriously. It's like you get defeated at the point that you would ever be fart because everyone's like, oh, you're an idiot. But I think we need to progress in music towards a day when we're like, oh, you can, you can safely talk about farting and it's not going to end your career. Um, because there's no modern rap song that they're like, yeah, I made that pussy rain, and then I had to fart, so I did. Um, even though that's something that XXX Tentacion probably would say, you, I would imagine, I'd imagine him saying that. Like in my mind, it sounds like he would be singing that lyric. Uh, if I, if I was to think about how he would sound, that's that's exactly how I would construct my um, interpretation of his music, but he never did say that and i guess i didn't i didn't go over his entire catalog so that's a bit of a risk me to me saying that like oh he never sang about that i guess i don't know for sure but um there's no like the beatles didn't ever sing about farting you know and it's just that it's just that people are afraid to cover the topic but you recognize how unartistic the concept is, and it's really just the fuck art of art itself. That's why it's called a fart. A f fart is called that because it's a fuck art, or like a f apostrophe art. It's the fuck art of art. Um, and so I wanted you to uh, consider that today, and just uh, just ruminate on what that means for you and your household this morning or this evening or uh, later on today or uh, whenever or um, for anyone forever. Um, there are things that I believe in. There are, there are people I believe in. There are things I listen to. Um, and I don't disclose all of that information. And at risk of disclosing all possible information about myself, I'm ending this podcast in the name of less self-exposure but more so that i don't want to do the same solo podcast under the same name as the same vehicle for four years in a row because that would be depressing and also i wouldn't be able to carry that out and also it would drive me insane and so this is the uh was 20 i think this is the 25th to last episode and let me clarify that that's not i don't know any of the remaining episodes i actually don't know any of the titles of what they're going to be and i'm still recording them as they come like this is 
December 19th right now. Today, as I speak, is like within the con- context of December 19th, like within that day, that time period, that we're naming everything that happens today, the de- December 19th series of events. Like that's th- th- those are the events happening within this time period. Or like, oh, those are under the name of December 19th. December 19th has stamped this day and made it its own we live under its authority for the next 24 hours and that is the name by which we declare all the things that we do for ourselves over the next 24 hours Uh, they are done under the name of december 19th 2020 um the year of our lord his name is jesus um and Yesterday, which was not December nineteenth, but the day the day prior to that one, I was watching a Duncan Trussell and Joe Rogan podcast. It was the one that they were on for five hours, and I didn't watch all five hours because because wow, you really shouldn't listen to any conversation that happens for five hours a row in a row between any two people because um, because then you're just in love with those two people, but. But that's fine. You can be in love with whatever you want. It's just that wouldn't you have a hard time listening to two people talk for five hours, whether or not they're like already known to be interesting, like a Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell? And um, what I want to explain to you is that you get a Duncan Trussell kind of person, and he's talking on that. He talks. He has his own podcast. You see him doing his thing on his podcast, and. Uh, I'd like for you to recognize that Duncan Trussell is a man-woman um, and that a man-woman is different from a woman-woman or a woman-man or a man-man, but a but a man-woman is what you call Duncan Trussell for a number of reasons. It's just that you need to, you need to re- remember when you think about him and you hear him talk is that he is a, that is a man-woman. Um, and he was talking to Joe Rogan on this podcast and that's interesting is you, you see a guy like Joe Rogan, you see him walking around, uh, you see him doing his thing. He's Joe Rogan, he's Joe Rogan, you know? Um, and he has a, he has his own podcast. It's called the Joe Rogan experience. He does his show. He's on, he's on his show. He's doing his thing. And, um, you see him talking, you hear him talking. And what's interesting about Joe Rogan is that he's a, that is a woman, man, and uh, that's in, in contrast to a man-woman. But uh, a woman-man, actually, so you're going to want to re- remember to distinguish him as a woman-man. Like a woman-man is somebody who is like, uh, he's he kind of likes women a lot, Is like, but to the point that he's like, he's incorporated his version of femininity just fine so that he's kind of womanly and manly. And you might argue with me and be like, oh, well, Joe Rogan's not a woman-man. He's a, he's a man-man. He's like a man's man, of course. He, he does the MMA. He does uh, his own. He's independent or whatever. Not that a woman, but like, not that a woman can't be independent. Um, last I heard that, last I heard there actually were independent women, um, and that's the status of independence in the world is that they're not, there are not just independent men, but also y- you need to recall that there are also independent um, women out there. And there's um, an independence is given to all, all millions of genders. There's no, their independence intersects itself with any, is not mu- mutually exclusive from any gender or mutually exclusive from any gender either is independence. 
and uh, there's there's women and there's independent women, there's dependent women, uh, there's independent men and there's in and there's dependent men, and then there's unindependent men, and then there's dis disdependent uh, women. But um, you see a guy like Joe Rogan, that, that's actually a woman man, or he's like somebody who he definitely likes and appreciates women, but he is enough of one to, but also he is somewhat like one because he he's good at reflecting a more womanly side of life. You might argue with me and say, oh, that's a man's man. Um, but you have to recognize that nobody becomes as popular as Joe Rogan without being womanly. You have to, you have to be more neutral in terms of gender as a person in order to be that popular. You have to be like, oh, I'm womanly and manly, but it's kind of like you have to be liberal and conservative. And you see someone like Duncan Trussell, he's also liberal and conservative, but he's more of the, uh, he's more of a man, woman. He's more of a man, woman. And uh, one of the differences is that men, women are more theatrical. You see, you see Duncan Trussell. He's a man, woman. He's more theatrical. Um, he doesn't, uh, and he plays up that side of things. You just just recognize you hear a conversation between a um, Joe a Joe Rogan type of guy and a Duncan Trussell type of guy that that is a woman man talking to a man woman. But this is a kind of thing that you need to understand is like you kind of classify you should classify the people around you this way the same way you would sexualities like oh this is you introduce people like this is my friend tyler he's a man woman uh to, to people at parties you're like oh that's um that's interesting that you're a man woman so that people everybody knows where they stand in terms of men woman woman manhood so i'm glad to break that down for you this tomorrow morning um, this very tomorrow morning is uh, going to be one of the new news shows that they release on NBC, probably, this this very tomorrow morning with Hoda Kotb, Kotb? Hoda Kotb and um, Judd Apatow or something. And uh, there's that's going to start this very next, this very next tomorrow evening is going to be hosted by uh anderson cooper and rachel maddow but just throw out any two broadcaster names and you can and then throw that under a an adverbial time of the day like now or uh later and uh you got yourself a new nbc news show but there's no shortage of news show names there's no shortage of news news formats and news outlets um i'd like to start a news outlet that's called yesterday for yesterday was tomorrow's yesterday was tomorrow's two days ago and uh, i'd like to run that in real time if that's a possibility or i guess you would say i would like to stream it if you run something in real time that is not unlike streaming something um the, di the dynamics of streaming are not confusing to most. Um, so why belabor the ver verbiage for it is my question to myself. So um, at risk of sounding inconclusive about what I want to talk, risk of sounding unfocused and disorganized, I will try to out of thin air, create a topic for you for this day. And when this podcast is over, when I'm ta done talking about identity, I imagine that I could hopefully start a podcast where I talk to guests and you would understand 
more about that hypothetical podcast at the time that I created it, actually. So uh, my explanation of it now would only go so far because it's only half of a half of an idea, and it hasn't manifested itself to me in in real terms to this point. Just like many of my ideas haven't. Uh, my imagination produces all kinds of things that nobody nobody wants any part of that I have to say, oh, don't, don't say that to anybody, you know, there's, don't say that one to anyone. And it's like the things that I'm willing to say, it's unfortunate when you understand the things I'm willing to say are, uh, are probably further than a person would normally be willing to say, maybe in terms of honesty. But, uh, to me, What's important for me, really, what the common denominator and my number one rule is that if I'm saying something, it is something that I was thinking so that when I do say the things I do, it was actually um, from something that I was thinking about so that uh, when people hear it, then they know that uh, it came from me and they're like, oh, they can attribute the thing that I said to myself so that uh, when I say the things, then people hear what I say, but also that something was said at all, but that it came from me so that uh, people know that, oh, maybe it was, but it was like a thought before it was words, and but the thought was mine, but then the words were mine, and but they were mine, but the thought could have been somebody else's before it came out of my mouth as words. And what I like to say is that uh, be yourself. Make sure that you... Make sure that you love yourself, because if you can't love yourself, then you can't love anybody else, as the adage goes. Is that just an adage, or is that real life? Can you love somebody else without loving yourself? It's just that there's no such thing as you hating yourself so much that you don't in any way love yourself. You're not 0% love for yourself. That's not even possible. You can hate yourself a lot, but there's still like, oh, I like this about um what i do i mean you still have to live with yourself always it's kind of like if you only if, if you can live with no part of yourself are you gonna off yourself maybe i mean i don't know how it works uh i don't know how suicide works so i'm not going to act like i'm an authority on it um there's a lot of there's a lot of um what's going on in the world today there's a lot of deceit, um, and it grinds my gears, you know. There's a lot of deceit. There's a lot of illusion. There's a lot of falsity. There's a lot of uh, distribution of somewhat false information. There's a lot of irregularity, uh, and there's a lot of impa impatience. And today I will talk to you about the idea of impatience and what that does for what that does to uh, um, what patience does to make itself be a real thing in the world. Uh, because have you ever s seen anything through the eyes of patience? Because if not, maybe you should walk a mile in patience's shoes, so you can understand what it's like to walk a mile in the shoes of an idea. Or uh, just to wear shoes, an idea. Maybe it doesn't wear shoes as you would think of them. Maybe just to expand your conscious idea of shoes further, so that you bounce off of yourself more ideas about shoes. Because what's your concept of shoes at this point? 
it's accumulative or or cumulative accumulative slash cumulative of uh, all the shoes you've seen and if you don't know shoes then I guess you're not cool by by me if you're a cool person then you buy lots of shoes then that makes you cool because you're like because you're probably more of a woman man if you buy lots of shoes and buy lots of cars a woman man is probably it's just it's just more popular than a man man because a man man i mean especially in today's day and age you're a man man what are you gonna do like we're just tired of how much you hate women if you're a man man uh if you're a, a men man a, a man yeah a man man we're just like oh why do you why are you so patriarchal if you're dual, if you're a man, man, your duality of men and men, it's unfortunate if you think that that's what you are. Nope, oh, my uh, feed cut out. Let me find a different feed. I was listening to something and then my. Okay, the feed is back. Just so that I have something to listen to while I'm talking. Um, but maybe you need to walk a mile in the shoes of patience just to understand what patience is just to view patience from all possible angles just so you can get a more a wider array of perspectives on patience so that you're like oh this is what it means to be patient and i would like to say this about patience is that um people are people are you could be patient if you're so if you're somebody who has kids or is teaching somebody something or if you're a manager or if you're an authority figure um and you're trying to teach well like you wouldn't teach your employees lessons so like if you're teaching your kids or you're a teacher or something you're teaching your students lessons um what would be patient is to devote the time to teach them a lesson over a long period of time, meaning that you bring up many instances of the idea that you're talking about, uh, because to bring up a lot of instances of the same idea would be patient because it takes the time to educate the student on the idea because you provide many different perspectives. So if you consider a shoe and you're trying to explain shoes to somebody who's never seen one, then you, in order to best educate the person you're teaching, you would you would show them many different examples of shoes or speak to them about many different examples of shoes, talk about the ideology behind a shoe in, lots, in all the ways that it manifests itself in the world so that you build the concept to the person so that they have a concept of it rather than that they know about a shoe through a single instance. Because if they know about it through a single instance, that isn't impatient explanation of something like if you are if you run roughshod over your students as a teacher you might just throw shit out all the time without reiterating it later on because maybe you think that they maybe you think that they're smart enough that they know what you're talking about right away it's kind of like you as a teacher or as a parent trying to teach your kids lessons you if you get into thinking that your student or your kid knows what you're saying already, then that's kind of impatient because you, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's kind of paranoid to do that because you think that your kid or your student knows 
what you think or like they could read your mind it's kind of paranoid to do that and you you get into the kind of thinking that you're like oh they already they already can read my mind or they're already so similar to who i am it's kind of paranoid and self-aggrandizing to be impatient to be impatient enough to just say things like if you're in the business of explaining them and not uh totally explain the point because um because otherwise you're just assuming that they know what you're talking about or that you are so common to everybody else's knowledge, like you are so representative of the average person that when you speak, everybody knows what you're talking about or like everything you speak in terms of common knowledge or that your ability to explain is that good. It's kind of thinking like that. And you might just think that, oh, the other people can read my mind or you might assume that like your kids are so much like you that they already know what you're talking about but like that's an assumption that isn't realistic because everybody it just doesn't consider that everybody is different takes in information differently and so it's like it's more patient to recognize that um that everybody is different or that everybody would take in information differently it's more patient to not put people into boxes or characterize them by one adjective because you can meet new people, especially when you get older, you're going to meet new people and you'll think that they are like a person that you've met in the past. Probably I'm guessing that happens the more that you get older where you just liken the new people you meet to like, oh, they're like this guy because you've, you've accumulated enough resources of like uh, kind different kinds of people to know what certain persons are so that you can throw people under the blanket of the definition of one person you met because you've met enough people to just call any new person you meet somebody else the older that you get and um and that's it's just kind of impatient if you characterize somebody to be one thing or if you just make it like um emotionally this person will act in all the ways that the person I know that they're sort of like is going to act where you're just like, oh, they're the same person, so they do this the same way, where you kind of, you can simplify a person to a specific set of actions pretty easily. You can do that by calling them the name of another person in your mind, or you can do that by calling them just a characteristic. You're just like, oh, this person is uh, closed-minded, and you're like, oh, everything they do is closed-minded, so you can be like, in conservative liberal speak if you're a conservative you can be like oh liberals are closed-minded so then you throw this entire half of the country just under that one adjective so it's like the so it's like identity politics is the whole is the explanation for the deficiency in explaining things in those terms like we call it identity politics to say that like you shouldn't you shouldn't do identity politics you shouldn't attribute a name to uh the entire the entire group of people i mean it's the same thing as stereotypes like stereotypes are impatient because they don't take the time to recognize any nuances within the group that you're stereotyping where recognizing nuances is just making it more and more at the individual level specifying different individuals because if you really took everything at the individual level you would recognize that, that every all the differences in everybody or you would recognize the specific set of characteristics that defines one person as opposed to if you just take an individuality overall um, then you're then you're going to be more patient, but it's like you, it's kind of like the same as you looking across. You look at uh, the landscape in front of you, and you take in everything. Like if you're in a forest or if you're in nature, you like to hike 
through nature and take in all of the nature of it. If you're more patient, you could you take in all of the things, or it's like you you think about what you're eating so that the flavor of it you. Uh, you comprehend the nuances of the flavor so that you can give the f- you can describe the steak you're eating to be all these different characteristics like oh it's uh, savory or it's um, rich or something the more that you can characterize it all these m- differentiated and specific ways is the more patient that you are to explain but it's kind of like you're taking the time to understand it rather than that you just eat it but it's kind of in it's kind of observance like you is patience your ability to observe the more observant that you are is the more you recognize individuality of things around you but like if you're out in nature and you look out at a forest scene with everything in the forest the more that you take in all the individuality of it is i mean the more that you take everything in is the more that you're overwhelmed your senses are overwhelmed but that you can have pause as they would call it and uh you can think about and contemplate the world around you so it's like kind of meditating is patient and of course of course meditating is patient or being contemplative is being patient because uh meditating is a waste of time like you it's kind of a waste of time to be observant enough to to take in all kinds of individual instances um it's a waste of time because you don't have to like you might have uh, you might be more one track minded meaning that you have a path set up set out for yourself that you'd need to follow or you need to get something done in a timely manner if you need to get something done quickly you are not observant like if you have to you have an emergency drive to the hospital you're not going to be observant about the things around you you're just focused on getting there you're not going to pay attention to anything besides your one task but you're going to be totally impatient as you do that you're not going to recognize the experience or take like you're not going to overwhelm yourself with the experience and stop to contemplate what it means that you're doing it. So it's like you're you're just you don't take any time to contemplate anything. If you're being impatient, like you're just not letting the world come to you. But so it would be so if you're teaching your kids lessons, it would be impatient to um it's more impatient to spank your kids like because you are trying to enforce a lesson in a shorter amount of time like it's impatient to but you're like if you teach your kids a lesson and you are impatient like that would be if you spanked them or just yelled at them because instead of teaching them lessons over a long period of time devoting taking time with something you you rush like 13 lessons into one spanking basically because that sends a message a lot faster uh but remains to be seen whether or not that's worse or not obviously we don't look on spanking as favor favorably as we did in say the 1950s but uh what like i'm saying if you do spank your style of discipline is spanking or just yelling at your kids it is more impatient and so i think the end result is that your kids just don't know what the reason was for it as much because like your kids or your dog that you're trying to teach things or your students in your classroom they don't know very much they're waiting to be taught you know 
And uh, it's just kind of the result of that would be that they don't understand the reason as much for why they did something wrong, even if they did do something wrong. But if you taught them over many, you said no to them when they did the thing a number of times, or you like broke the harshness of a yelling at somebody into a number of different lessons, that would be the same as like the, that'd be the same as the bombasticness of the noise level of yelling, like the concentrated, whatever it is, anger or just loudness of yelling yelling at somebody it's like the same thing as that being divided and distributed over many different periods of time is you uh not yelling at taking like having more patience in your discipline of somebody because like the noise level is less for as many times as you would say no you know but you can you can you can combine all of those times of of potential different lessons in different periods of time, you can combine all of those times into one time when you yell at somebody just to say no in a greater volume or more emphasis. So that, but that's just more impatient if you do it all that. If you do, you combine a bunch of times into one one time. Same with spanking somebody. It's like uh, you can you can send the message so much faster if you spank somebody or whatever so if you wanted to spank someone then just just do it or whatever you just know that you're being impatient um in in whatever regard or instance that you would spank somebody think of all the instances of spanking um and you you recognize that spanking applies to lots of different areas uh, and never mind i'm just being um i'm just being crass but crassness is, um, that's an idea all its own. So I'm saying that impatience is like you collect a bunch of times into one time instead of allowing time to play out on its own. But it's like you kind of become God a bit more when you combine a bunch of times into one time. Like you uh, you collect a bunch of times in one time, that's you kind of dictating what time is a little bit more. Or uh, taking a shortcut on what time is rather than viewing time individually. Because the same way that you can view uh, all of the objects around you individually or all the things in a landscape or a forest scene, if you took them all, if you took all the trees and plants and all that shit in individually, then you would just have a fuller, more uh, complex picture. But you would have a picture that's more reflective of what you actually see because the more specific you say you can see different things on the ground and the way that that adds to the scene i mean that's just what that's just what you actually see you see more of what you can actually see you see more of reality the more that you take everything in at an individual level in a given scene that you're looking at you take in more but all of those individual things are working are interacting with each other and are interwoven with each other in a given picture, image, or scene to the extent that they create the scene. And it's like, if you want to take in any given scene or any given reality or like like the within of a law firm is a given reality where it's kind of, where it's characterized by law firm language and activities and boring shit and boring clothing and boring colors seeing like a reality that has the motifs of law firm shit like that um 
I'm just saying that that's a given reality. You could take in everything about that, or it's just like a single image. But the collection of all the motifs of a inside of a law firm reality creates what the creates the picture of law firm for you or for anybody. But it's like the same with a same with a forest scene. But it's like you you just see the reality of something. The more of it that you're willing to recognize at a given time. And so I'm saying the same way that you see all the objects individually, and that makes you more patient to understand things at a deeper level. Or, I mean, just kind of, it's open-mindedness, like to accept things or accept somebody. It's the same as if you're talking to somebody, you have a conversation with them, and you can take in all of the things that they say, rather than that you write them off. Because if you write them off, or you box them into something, you compartmentalize them as a certain characteristic, or as a person that you've met before, you're just going to filter all of their speech through that person and name it whatever person that you're putting them under the set of characteristics of you're just going to name it that person if you were like oh that's this person i met is just like this other person you're just going to say it's all under that name um or or under that characteristics you know what what exactly was i saying you just uh, in a conversation you can take everybody's words and sentences individually and be more open-minded like openly accept more about a person and what they're saying if you don't take the shortcut of putting them under a single adjective uh and that is more patient it's more patient to listen right it's more patient to listen to every everything that a person says but like the more patient that you're going to be is the greater your ability to hear every single word out of somebody's mouth and accept it or put it in some place now you might just be talking to someone who's full of shit and then you have to write them off it's and so so you uh it's just that people have different abilities to be patient or impatient so you might just on average hear more out of a person given person's mouth if you're more patient it's just that you don't have the ability to be open-minded towards everybody like patience is a good thing uh but it's like not realistic to think you can be totally patient or like because i'm describing to you a positive positive thing and they say patience is a virtue obviously but it's almost like they say that because it's very it's very difficult to understand patience to be negative in any circumstance so that's that's your reason for the popularity of the phrase patience is a virtue can you think of patience to actually be bad anywhere like when is it better to be less observant i mean it's it's better to be less observant if you need to get something done so you can't take in everything all the time because that'll slow you down that's like gaining lots of money or something it, yeah, and I, I mean, it's almost like gaining lots of money or amassing possessions and money that just kind of slow you down at some point. Uh, is it kind of like that? I mean, if you take in too much, no, it only depends on if you take in too much and then don't recirculate it out into the world. So it's like, um, it's like patient to take in lots of things. Um, but you're not going to be able to like be patient in a positive sense if you, if you don't um, spit them back out into the world in any way. I'm saying that the more that you can take in individual words and phrases of another person is the more that you, is the more that you're patient, that you listen to them, uh, 
to hear individually what their words but i'm saying also that like you can look at time individually the same way you look at objects individually where it's like if you're being patient that is kind of the more that you recognize every time or every reality to be its distinct to be a distinct reality because the way i'd see it is that time is kind of like a it's like a reality but a reality is a relative instance essentially um all your different times are like different realities but the more that you the more that you understand time at an individual level the more that you can conceptualize time specifically or have intelligent speaking points or conversations of it is kind of like the more your ability to be patient but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you reap the benefits of being patient or like that somebody would call you that because uh, whether or not somebody calls you patient will is of course up to other people's judgments like you could call yourself patient but I guess you wouldn't really know for sure if you were or not uh, but you you probably have a good enough idea of whether or not you're you're a patient person it's just that if somebody else calls you patient it's because you have you um, I don't know probably because you're a good listener or just I, I'd say you being a patient person is probably a result of you are well organized like you have a you know where to put things so that they're in their proper place so that your mind isn't all disorganized so that you're just like um because what what is it that speeds you up so i'm saying that you could view time more individually or different i'm saying like different timelines in your life like the way that you categorize them the way like you look at your past and you're like college was these four years and high school was these four years and when i was at this job it was this period of time so like you have different categorizations for your past timeline it's kind of the more that you accept all of the events or uh possible times in your life ways that you could categorize them the more that you accept all of those events is the more patient you're going to be going forward into the world so that you're like a positive person or somebody that people like to be around. You would be somebody that people like to be around if you weren't stuck in your past, meaning that you were able to accept all the individual instances that you had rather than that you have certain individual th events, times in, in your past that you keep going back to that they kind of end up defining you because you keep living in that time period because it uh, was so impactful to you that you just uh, want to go back there. You didn't get closure or something. And that's like you not accepting a time that happened. And I'd say that the more that you accept all of the individual times, and it's kind of like the more that you're able to specifically categorize, like even to the extent that you're able to more specifically categorize each day, like the more that you can accept any, all the single days of your life is the more patient you're going to be, but it's the more like you're going to have a positive attitude that you're somebody who can listen to people and take life as it comes. You are somebody who takes life as it comes. You, if you've been practicing taking life as it comes, meaning that you've you can accept a day when it happens. Like if you accept any day, if you've been able to accept all your previous days, you will be good at accepting this day and tomorrow's day and all the days going forward. But that's kind of you specifying time to a more individual level, the level of a day, and understanding that all of those events for the days for the days of your life they were good or positive that you accepted them but you kind of see them as what they are so that you can move past them the more that you accept time at an individual level is the more patient that you're going to be um because if you're somebody who didn't accept the past times of your life like 
like you would be more in the business of being like, oh, that my whole life, you know, the more that you are impatient about uh, describing your past life to people or the more that you make it that your past is who you were, or you're just like your mind is fucked up or you're sad or depressed about these events that happened in your life in the past, kind of the more that you make it about those events is like the people that do that, they always are describing the past in terms of like the whole past rather than that they're like this this rather than recognizing that the worst event in their life happened on like one day rather than seeing each day as equal to every other day they kind of make it so that i don't know they kind of make it like because if you're like oh it's because of my past often it's often you're speaking of that in terms of like i'm blaming you're blaming your whole past for things if you're somebody who blames your past uh, it's kind of, I feel like you have a tendency to make it more about too long a period of time. And so you lose sight of that time happens to you in the present. And it's really just the more that you don't take the present as it comes is the more impatient that you're going to be, or you try to, you try to stretch the present to be longer than it is like, see the day that's happening to you as the whole next 20 years. Like if you see the whole next 20 years of your life as like, what's about to happen, that's kind of you seeing the next 20 years as a day instead of recognizing the day because if you recognize the day you can understand that each day affords you different opportunities where every day is different from every other one but you can you can see a 20-year period as a day if you're like oh this is what's gonna happen for the entire rest of my life if you like look at the rest of your life and you're like the rest of my life is this this rut that i'm in or this uh, circumstance like I won't be able to escape it this is the rest of my life the, the more that you make it the rest of your life is the more impatient you're going to be just as you work through your life like as you are as observable to other people people will see impatience in you if you are evaluating your life as the rest of it or as like a 60 year period but if you're able to divide time if you're like oh all I have to do like it's today or the present moment you recognize the value of a day or like that it's um that that's uh that it offers these possibilities because you're like oh then i'll have another one you don't make it this high stakes endeavor where you, like this big risk where everything has to work out in the day because you know that there's just another one it's kind of the more that you evaluate time at an individual level like more and more specifically i mean you could do that at the hour level like every hour is a different hour but that would be insanity so there might be a limit to how patient you want to try to be like oh this hour is totally different because then you're like a fish and you have a seven second remembering memory and uh you only remember things in seven second increments, you know, because so you don't want to go too far in individualizing time, your understanding of it. But, um, but you do like, you would reap the benefits of having a short memory, you know, if you were like, oh, today, like you had a shitty day, you're like, oh, tomorrow's a new day. If you're able to, if you were able to individualize time like that, then it would probably be the case that you would be a more patient person. A more patient young man or young woman. Um, so it's like, yeah, you look at the rest of your life. So I'd say ultimately it would be about you accepting the present moment or just like, oh, this this doesn't have to be so high stakes that it works out and it doesn't have to be a positive ending. It makes it so that it would make it so that you don't have to make everything positive and negative the more that you recognize the individuality of a moment 
uh, the more the more you do that, the more that it's like it takes the positive and negative out of your story of events more because you have all these individual days to play out the positivity negativity thing you know like that's that's kind of what it is it's a positive versus negative over a long period of time um as far as like negativity would correlate to impatience and positivity would correlate to patience because if you view if you're like this is my life for the next 30 years then um that's you saying that's you attributing a negative a negative to a 30 year period already uh where like the 30 years is already negative so every day you live but it's it's you uh that's you characterizing an entire 30 day period to be one thing the same way that you characterize a person to be like another person simplifying them to one thing by classifying them as one adjective that's the same thing if you look at it you're like the next 30 years of my life is all negative that's you you gave an identity you uh automated the entire 30-year period to one characteristic where you put it all under that filter so that it's like negativity every day over that 30-year period is filtered through negative it's but it's automatically negative but in terms of negative and positive so it's like um like if you if you um communicated the transpiration of time to yourself in terms of days or more specific individual instances then you're like it's easier to have a lot of different outcomes for negative and positive you're because you're not going to have it's a lot less statistically likely for you to have negative 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 day after day after day you know if you divide it into days the same way with flipping a coin you're you're going to have a lot higher percent chance of i mean like you flip a coin once and it comes up say tails is negative heads is positive and uh, you get a tails, and but that's for like your one, your one situation is a thirty year period. Then then you're screwed, you know. But like if you say, uh, you know, you know what I mean. If you make it so that there's lots of different situations, each one of them is different. You give value to every flip of a coin. You're gonna you're gonna get some heads in there, and and also tails. I, I'm just saying you. At the individual day level, you'll be like, you'll probably characterize a number of them as positive if you were able to divide it specifically like that. Uh, but you, I, I believe that you generally know uh, what it is that I am saying. Um, so it's patience and impatience and some of the ways that you might describe the dynamic of patience versus impatience. Um, but... I think the reason that I bring that up is because I am I recognize impatience permeating my life more and more but it's the society we live in is driving us towards greater and greater levels of impatience because of our phones because of the impulsiveness if looking at your phone is making everybody impatient but it's like um impatience like that's a that's a real problem if it is like your phone you you're just becoming impulsive about everything or if like the behavior 
that you get from looking at your phone impulsively that bleeds over into other areas of your life so that you're just becoming impatient. But it's kind of like that's the way that the world is operating more and more because everybody has all these has everywhere to be. So they're not doing anything in a timely fashion and there's not perfectionism over any one thing. Everybody's just kind of trying to move on to the next thing because the internet affords you the opportunity to be so many things or to gain different kinds of information like you can better yourself a lot more easily so everybody has fear of missing out if not bettering themselves because of the opportunity because opportunity itself is arrived at everybody's door and so there's all these diversified kinds of opportunity that you can seize on uh, that are presented to you. You don't want to miss out on any of them. It just feels like there's no time for you to do all the things more so now because if you look at the if you look at the 1990s, um, like watch a home video that you have from that somebody has in your family that was taken in like 1994 of somebody's birthday party. And what's different about the 1990s to today is that in like at a birthday party in the 1990s, there is nothing for anybody to do. And so everything was quieter. Either you were watching the game that was on TV or you were just like, you were uh, gradually participating in the conversation. There wasn't like uh, because the only thing that there was to do was to look at each other and talk about the environment that was right in front of you. Like because because there was a greater emphasis on the environment in front of you. It was like you were actually at a birthday party in the nineties. If you, like if you were at one because the environment was more fixated on. And so it's like the conversation that was in the air was was the event, but there's just like less to do overall because that's how simple things were. Um, but nowadays, like everybody has the opportunity to gain um, anything. Like if you go to one of your relative's birthday parties, just like one of those boring where your cousin has a birthday party events, or if it's just like uh, Thanksgiving or something like that, then everybody who's there has a phone and can gain all kinds of information just while they're there. So there's like there's all there's all kinds of different events that are happening within the environment that aren't even related to it. But like everybody just has the opportunity to be in their own world and not even be associated with the event more. So there's just like. I'm saying there's a yeah there's a lot less to do in the 90s for a thing that you were at and so because of that everything was just more listening relate like people were better listeners things were quieter things were happening more slowly you just kind of took in what was happening more because you couldn't ignore it but nowadays you can ignore everything that's right in front of your eyes because there's so much that's happening all at once as long as you just access the internet and um like, I wonder when will come the time when we stop making light of what how the internet has changed our lives, but it's like uh, we're always learning every day about how transformative it is, but we just need to get over it, right? <laughs> like, stop talking about shit like that, please. Come on. It's just like, yeah, the internet is really transformative. But seriously, you can't you there's so many things that are interesting about what it has done, because if it really is so transformative, it's changed so much of your life. If you lived in the before of it, then you you understand how different things are. You you can't stop talking about it. But like that's where you become in danger of like I 
I would be dangerously close if I kept talking about the transformative power of the internet uh, for years and years, then I would, you would just be an old person that's here like, oh yeah, like grandpa's talking about how things were before the internet again, because he's a dumb, he's a dumbass. Like eventually that's what you can become. But of course today it's still kosher to talk about the nuances of what the internet has done for us. That's fine. But it's becoming more antiquated, right? You have to recognize because there's going to be, I don't know, it's it's more uh, cutting edge to talk about the specifics of internet life and how that's transformative, you know. You talk about how Instagram transforms life more. That's, that's more conversational rather than just the broadness of internet but it doesn't there's they're all fine all of those are good um but the more that you're on your phone the more that so it's like the more that it's just a bunch of events happening right in front of you on your phone that you have access to all of them happening at the same time like you like all the youtube videos you could be watching in a given moment is like all the different events that you could potentially be participating in like all the different uh all people's different social media accounts are like all thousands of different events you could participate in potentially at a given moment like people's lives that you can learn from or like there's just too much and um so that is impatience it's just like there's no patience anymore really there's no there's no taking things in unless you actually uh separate yourself from the phone and like take a hike in nature like you purposefully cut yourself off from it then you can live a more slowed down life but um i mean in in reality reality that's so influenced by uh in innovations and technology is an impatient reality um entirely because there's no there's no time there's no reason to take time to do uh but it's like uh you just the rate of individuality that's the thing the rate of individual instances that you take in and and varied ones like different ones because you can watch a hundred youtube videos in a row where all of them are like in completely different categories like you have the potential to encompass a lots of different kinds of worlds in like a 10 minute period uh which you didn't have the opportunity to do before so it's like the rate of your um the rate at which you upload individuality is that's is so much higher but it's kind of it would be the same thing to say that events themselves there we're creating so many events now uh based on that so many events are observed by everybody there's just uh the rate of events uh, as circulated from everybody to everybody is just happening at too fast a rate the rate of observance itself is too fast now so that like time is speeding up time like uh points by which you mark your life like speeding up so much so that there's too many individual instances in your life for you to even have any patience to spit all of them back out it's just like uh you're you're just whitewashed with the rate of individuality at which you upload images to yourself at this point so there really is no it's there's no patience for you if you are averagely like an average amount of phone uptake for you if you're just like if you averagely are sucked into your phone then you don't have patience but uh like what's the extent of that is what i wonder because to me so i'm as impulsive looking at my phone as any average person and um like i see that it bleeds over into other areas of my life sometimes where i'm like uh 
where it's just like harder to do anything, you know, like set my mind, set myself in place to be organized to like do this set of activities in a given day or like take the time to cook a meal. Um, I'm already impatient about cooking a meal, but now it's like, I mean, maybe it's more difficult now. I think, but part of it is that naturally I'm an impatient person, but uh, the internet can make you more impatient if you, if it makes you less, uh, less organized, but just more like, oh, the, the dopamine that you get from going back on your phone, like the dopamine hits you get from it will just, will just make it so that you are willing to sacrifice less and less to, uh, to get dopamine because you have to, you sacrifice nothing to get it from your phone. And so like, um, being, taking the time, like being patient enough to accomplish a thing that takes a long time, uh, it's and get the dopamine from that accomplishment. It's just more and more difficult with the with the ease at which you receive dope from your phone. You know, it's just like the world's making us more impatient. And um, uh, a way I'd like to describe it is that impatience taken to an extreme can kind of make you a statue uh, because. It makes you a statue because you're like, if you get to the point that you can't, it can make you get to the point that you can't even do anything besides stay where you are stationary and look at your phone because if everything else in the world around you, any activity becomes too time consuming, like where at, like if you made it so that uh, time consuming activity for you lasts three seconds and it's gotten to that point for you because you've done you're too uh, addicted to your phone. Like if time consuming is three seconds, then you get closer and closer to the point that you just stay in the same place and uh, get everything from your phone rather than that you uh, approach activities in the world because it takes a long time to drive somewhere even. But like, uh, I'm just saying impatience taken to an extreme makes you, uh, makes you a statue, even though that's kind of counterintuitive in some senses because well like it makes you a statue because it, it the extreme of it is you get to the point where you can't do uh you can't do anything because uh patience is kind of more characteristic of action and activity but things that you take a long time to do but if it it's something you have to do consistently over a long period of time that requires more motion and energy and like uh it requires you taking on a greater challenge, like devoting more time to uh, break apart difficult things within it so that you characterize like you characterize different areas of the challenge, like uh, so that you can explain it to yourself to um, do, defeat the challenge more easily. So you can define portions of the challenge. You like if you can define the break down the challenge and define portions of it more individually uh then uh you'll have a you'll have a better time accomplishing it but um like that requires more motion and more activity and energy to like process things you know it requires more processing to do something that's time consuming and so uh if you if you aren't processing things, uh, like you're not, you don't allow yourself to do anything that takes a lot of time. It's kind of like you're not allowing yourself to 
process things or uh, exert any amount of energy or emotion at all and it just like makes you a statue at some point but it's kind of like people are becoming statues you know because if every activity you do is just uh you can do from where you're standing which is like you get that way the more that the percent of your activities is just shit that you do on your phone. So the greater proportionately that your activities are what you do on your phone is the more that your people are becoming a statue, you know? People are just becoming statues out in the world. They stay in the same place and do all of the same things so that they are predictable entirely. Like if it's the more, more the case that everything you do is just your phone, you're just defined by your phone. But it's like humanity as a whole is being defined by their phone. Humanity as a whole is becoming a statue. But it's only at the point that, like if you become a statue, that is bad for you because you are defined entirely. Like that is total stationariness. Like consider any statue, consider like a statue statue of Babe Ruth outside a Yankee Stadium. Uh, that's Babe Ruth is entirely defined in that instance, but it's like he's also dead, you know? Like at the point that you're defined is the point that you're dead essentially, but it's like humanity, if if everybody in humanity is um, like defined this much by their phone activity, it gets closer to the point that humanity is just defined by the phone and we kind of get defeated by it. But it would be the same thing to say that technology is merging with humanity to transform humanity into not humanity anymore, but a but a phone humanity merger or a robot humanity or like AI humanity, you know? But like that's the point at which humanity is defined by something. But like a Babe Ruth statue that is um that is Babe Ruth. He is stationary. He's a statue. Anybody can, it doesn't have any power or influence over anyone like that likeness of Babe Ruth, even though it is Babe Ruth, you know, uh, it's, uh, but the statues are meant to represent something historically so that it's like when you're evaluating the Babe Ruthness of something, the only way you can do it at this point is in terms of statues because he's already dead. Like not necessarily statues, but also historical anecdotes and shit like that. But only in only in definitional, like completely where you every Babe Ruth doesn't have a say to change any part of his story anymore is what I'm saying but uh you recognize that when you're like even though uh he is represented in a statue uh you know like that's a he's a statue so he's like totally predictable and definable you know what Babe Ruth is going to do for the rest of his life as a statue because it's just going to stay there or somebody's going to take it down like that's it um, meaning that he's just, uh, put more and more into actual obscurity. Uh, we forget him more, the more, like, if we take down Babe Ruth's statue, that's us taking a step closer to entirely purging his memory from our collective imagination. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. Yep, that's right, so... I don't know if you heard, but that's what I just said. So did you hear what I said? Because what I said was the things that I just said, right? Um, so I don't know if you heard that or not, but it's like so, it's so correct for our daily lives that um, take a, that uh, get rid of what some other information in your brain so that can be in there permanently forever. Um, never forget what I said. Never forget it. Never forget what I said. Never forget what I said. 
Are there things that you remember always? Those aren't important um, until, at least until you remember that the thing that I said for always. It wasn't even important to remember anything always until I said what I did. I brought I brought into existence the po- the importance of remembering something always is how important the thing that I said was. It's really the first thing that anyone would ever need to remember always is the height of which, the height of the gravity of the words that I spoke. Um, it's really just inarguable and undeniable the speech that I explained and the way that I said it. And if, um, and the problem is that it's, the problem is that you can't even ignore it. It's, it's inignorable. It's unignorable. The problem is that it's there and it's just so what I said that, um, you cannot refute it, not by any objective means. And a number, a group of 42 people could get together and start a committee to the, the refutation of the words of this podcast of the patient's podcast episode on identity uh, and they could talk they could communicate about it for 70 years in a row and create in- entirely new political parties based off it from which multiple presidents arise out of to become the president um, and the things that I said still wouldn't be refuted. They could talk forever. They still wouldn't refute it. It's, it's unrefutable. Um, because, and what's really interesting is that um, here here I go, but like when I started talking, here I go, but in the respect that you apply what I just said, here I go to the beginning of this episode. And there I went also. And there I went at the end of it. So it was very here I go and then there I went, but everything in between there, if you apply here I go to the beginning of it, um, was about the most important thing that there could have been and important enough that it brought into existence the idea that you should remember anything at all forever. I, uh, I had a good time. I had a good time today and uh, talk to you all in the future.